This is Dr. Charles Parker, and you're listening to Core Brain Journal. It's the place where I connect both fresh discoveries and interesting different perspectives from advanced mind science with the realities of real people and everyday life down on Main Street. Well, welcome aboard, folks. Dr. Charles Parker here one more time. And we have an interesting, many of you heard about neurolinguistic programming in the past and how it can be so beneficial when you're locked down with all kinds of stuckness in your life. And we have an expert that has written a book called Phobia Relief from Fear to Freedom. She's an author going to join us today to talk to us about the nuances and the applications of neurolinguistic programming. Calliope Barless, thank you so much for coming on board. Appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me, Chuck. It's a pleasure. So Calliope knows offline we were having trouble getting hooked up here, but we're going to have this conversation, and I'm really, really looking forward to it because, you know, the issue for me and I, for many of us is, and why do we do Core Brain Journal in the first place? The reason we do it is because why do we bring these experts in from all over the world is because we're looking for options. Instead of just throwing meds at people, instead of just doing deep, psychoanalysis for five or six years. Uh, we're really looking at different ways we can actually get into the neurophysiology of brain function and biomedical function, brain and body interactions. And neurolinguistic programming is really an example of how one can do that. And I think a lot of our listeners, as educated as our audience is, may not fully appreciate what's going on with neurolinguistic programming. And just so interesting. I think it's one of these things we really need to get some, spend some time with and get it done. So uh, let me introduce Calliope to you. So she has been working for more than 20 years in neurolinguistic programming. She was trained under NLP founder Richard Bandler, which anybody who's been associated with NLP at all knows Richard Bandler, who wrote the forward for Phobia Relief, which is really cool that he came in and endorsed her. Barless is a licensed neurolinguistic programmer who operates at NLP Training School in New York City, where she maintains a private practice there in the city. She is currently the host of a podcast, Calliope Cast, which is going to be very interesting to hear one day. She's been around. She has had her own podcast. She's been working with individuals, and she's actually got a system together that we're going to hear something about today. We're going to have a relatively short meeting, unfortunately, because of the fact that we're just uh, had the technical difficulties in getting started. But she's going to outline how neurolinguistic programming can be applied to specifics of phobia relief from fear to freedom. So tell us, if you will, before we get started, I just thought about that. <laughs> this is part of my craziness with getting started today. How do we get everything done? little word from our sponsor real quickly. Core Brain Journal is sponsored by Great Plains Laboratory, deep international biomedical testing leaders for improved targeted mind science details. As both laboratory and webinar global thought leaders, they provide the most comprehensive set of hard data measurement tools for real biomedical answers beyond the guesswork we so often see. And they also provide multiple training webinars for both the public and medical providers on how to use that biomedical data effectively. Check out their website for references and testing details and take note. This week, you can register for a complimentary test drawing. Yes, they're giving away a test. And it's for GPL mycotox on mold and mycotoxins. And by the way, just as an aside, when I was doing brain imaging in uh, D.C., we had a person come in from the city 
who was completely toxified with black mold in the bathroom. And she was like, whatever, the 30th floor somewhere. And we were asking her, we saw what was going on with her brain. And what happens at GPL, Great Plains Laboratory, they have a specific test, GPL Mycotox, which tests for mold and mycotoxins. Why not go over and take a look at it? And that's at greatplainslaboratory.com, CBJ. That's for Core Brain Journal, CBJ. Why not run over there right now? So let's go ahead and find out how Calliope got started in neurolinguistic programming. Well, Chuck, uh, it started a couple of decades ago when I first started playing golf professionally. And it's a game that I didn't grow up with, but I met a man named Chuck Hogan, who oh. at the time was a maverick in teaching people how to golf better, but using neurolinguistic programming to do so. Oh. He didn't teach much about skills or mechanics. And when I realized golf wasn't my calling, but I'll tell you what, I became a pro in just two years. Is that right? Uh, yeah, because he was teaching actually aim for the hole so you get the ball into the hole in the least amount of strokes, whereby everybody else was saying shoot for around the hole because you're not going to get it in anyway. Right? So <laughs> he, taught, he taught everyone to aim your brain, see oh, it land it. on the green, and watch it roll in. And within the first six months, I had about six holes in one. And uh, basically, I decided there's a lot more to life than chasing around a white ball on a golf course. So I started using the same techniques to guide people into having a, a better life. Isn't that interesting? That's so interesting. I mean, I am not a golfer. I'll tell you that right now, Calliope. But I remember the name. Uh, you know, you hear, the, you hear on the news, you had the sense of, of this guy being a serious expert. But I had no idea he was into NLP and how he made that happen. So really, the, let's tell us a little bit about how he used NLP with you to take you from shooting around the hole. Yes, part of it is you were shooting at the hole, but what else did he do to make that happen for you? Well, he guided me through what would, most people would call visualizations. He'd say, you need to have a very clear, vivid, colorful picture, moving pictures of the ball being strike through the center of the club face flying as best as you wanted to and landing to a specific place. But aside from actually seeing it, he said, there's a very distinct sound when the sweet spot of the club face strikes through the sweet spot of the ball. And then feeling the lightness of that, which is, I think, what most golfers strive for. There's like a sense of freedom when you have a centeredness of hit right against that ball. And especially when you land it exactly where you wanted to, it's quite euphoric. So what Chuck taught us is to have a full sensory experience of what it is that you want to have happen on the golf course before it even happened. And by aiming your brain in that way, because let's face it, the brain works similar to a GPS. When you put in an address in a GPS, it knows where to go. If you put in somewhere, who knows where you'll end up, <laughs> right? And so the brain works the same way. The more vivid, the more colorful pictures you have in your mind of where it is that you want to be, your brain will search and sort for it to happen. Even though you don't know exactly yet what to do specifically, as long as you set the destination, it will do its best to make it happen. That is so interesting. Now, I've heard that from a number of resources, and often all we hear about neurolinguistic programming, you hear about the derivatives of neurolinguistic programming really all the time. And a number of people that we've interviewed talked about 
uh, guided imagery and, and, and that sort of thing without really putting a label on it and having it as precisely stated as you just stated it. And I think it's very interesting. Well, then the next question, of course, very quickly and right on the tail of that is how did you make the transition from golf to what you're doing now as a, as a professional consultant and coach? Well, you know, it's, it's sort of a funny story because after I decided not to golf anymore professionally, I went into acupuncture school. And so I started guiding people through better well-being, not only with the acupuncture, but I found that the way that I talked to them increased their well-being and sometimes even decreased the healing time. Because let's face it, thinking occurs inside the brain. If you take the brain out, no one can think. But you can take off a toe, but someone, people can still think. So our thoughts occur in the head, in the brain, and our central nervous system is the brain and the spinal cord. And out from there are nerves, which connect to the very tips of your fingers and the very tips of your toes and everything in between. So that whatever it is that people are thinking has a charge. If it's a sad thought, it will have a different charge from a very happy thought. And so thinking truly influences how people feel. And it can really influence their state of being, really. You know, back in the 50s, they determined that stress did have an impact on health. Well, I wonder what would happen if they actually measured what happiness has on the health and what sort of impact it has. And uh, I can't help but think that, that it truly does promote well-being overall. So then you then got onto the translation between the mental into the psychological, emotional, and physical away from the, the golf club striking the ball and that sound. I can imagine what a great trip it would have been to realize you had a hole in one. That must have been unbelievable. Uh, it truly was. And to think that you could will it was even more fascinating and, and even more uplifting because it didn't happen by chance. It was something that was controlled and thereby influencing my outcome, getting what it is that I wanted. And truly, I realized that, okay, if you can do this with a little ball, you can certainly do it in so many areas of your life. Well, you know, the idea of being applying your mind to what you do in an odd way seems just woo-woo, just sounds weird to actually think that you can come in from a mental, if you will, PowerPoint of view and reframe what you're doing in a corrective way so that the individual is able to achieve the goal in uh, some realistic fashion. So then how did you then start practicing it? Did you have, then you took the time with Dr. Bindler. Were you working with him at the time when you were golfing? I was not. However, I've been apprenticing with him for the past decade and we're actually in the process of writing a book about overcoming bad memories similar to the skills that I wrote about in Phobia Relief from Fear to Freedom. And that's basically a skill set that was totally his based on my observation of his work, which I have studied and still study with fine-tuning it as best as I can and learning it in such detail as I did acupuncture points, because it is quite profound work. And to get it right is truly a great gift that anyone can receive. Because let's put it this way, when I was making great big pictures of landing my target on the golf course, most of the time when people have a fear or a bad memory, oftentimes it's a great big picture inside their mind, which makes it overwhelming. There's a synesthesia that takes place. 
mm-hmm. between the size of the picture and how much you feel from it. So basically what I do with people is shrink down those bad memories and irrational fears. And once they're shrunk and blink at black and white, it loses the pattern that it would normally have run so that we can build in pictures of other more beautiful things like the life that they want instead. That has an interesting parallel to some other people we've interviewed, which I know you'd be interested in, the Accelerated Resolution Therapy Group, ART group for uh, PTSD and the war. I don't know if you're familiar with them or not, but it's uh, a very interesting group, and they're using some of the same principle in uh, Accelerated Resolution Therapy, where they take a trauma and, and, and bring it into shape and actually replace the trauma with something else. And I, I can uh, appreciate the value of something like that, because anytime you do take something away, you definitely want to put something better in its place that's more valuable so that the change remains progressive. Well, let's do this. Let's take a quick break right here. Just we, We've hardly got into a conversation, and I appreciate the fact that we're deeply into something, but just watching the time because we got a late start, we're going to take a quick break right now. But here's a question I want to ask you, and I really want to have time to amplify on it when we get back. That's the reason I want to take the break right now. But I think it's really going to be interesting to me and to our audience to give us a couple of examples of what a person that came into you troubled and then what you did with that person and how they reframed their lives and then how they came out of it. Because what we're really appreciating from the individuals we talk to here is the insights down on a street level. Here's the theory. Here's how it works. Of course, we didn't get into brain science too much, but the bottom line is how does it really work on the street level? What kind of experience do people have when they experience NLP and in relationship to phobia relief? So we're going to take a, a break right now, and we'll be back in just a moment with the answers to that question. Today, the world of mind, science, psychiatry, and mental health is rapidly changing with innovative, comprehensive testing that takes both patients and practitioners into a new world of measured details with useful, understandable, and remarkably actionable plans. The key phrase here is cost-effective. Testing also introduces a key parallel word, predictability. Psychiatric treatment failure, especially after multiple medications and our brief hospitalizations, arises directly from the complexity of measurable brain-body imbalances and impediments that explicitly interfere with medical outcomes and create costly difficulties with inadequately informed supplement and medication trials over time. Great Plains provides a leadership team of biomedical experts with advanced laboratory insights approved nationally both by the FDA and CLIA laboratory certifications and is available internationally for both public and medical professionals. Great Plains Laboratory is the primary laboratory we've used at CoreSight for years with excellent customer service for both patients and medical colleagues. They are on the spot. They get it every time. In addition, they provide exemplary training modules, which are webinars and conferences, in an effort to broaden practice perspectives wherever you live. Do follow up on one of these complimentary test offers today at http greatplainslaboratory.com forward slash cbj. Yeah, that's Core Brain Journal CBJ. Well, Calliope, thanks for your patience for this whole thing. It's funny, audience. Uh, you guys will get how discombobulated it was because I'm so discombobulated. 
Calliope's been smooth as a button through this whole thing. She's right on it. We were back and forth with how we were going to connect. We were going to connect through Zoom. We wound up connecting through Skype just because we had we couldn't get the Zoom thing working. So we're jumping around here a little bit. But I think her level of self-management in this whole situation is exemplary. And, you know, it's easily easy to appreciate what she's done and how she's grown from her own experience. So the question that I wanted to ask that I think so many people would be interested in is, and the application. So, and if you could give us a couple of examples, neuro, the word, the phrase neurolinguistic programming seems so arcane and so mysterious, but how does it actually work with a client that comes in the office? And can you give us one or two examples of people you've worked with so, so our listeners can get an idea what it's all about? Absolutely. So I have to state what Dr. Richard Bandler says so frequently, which is when you change how you think, it changes how you feel, which then changes how you do things. And when someone comes in to see me and has a bad memory or a phobia, when I have them shrink down and basically turn it black and white, black and white, black and white very quickly, it changes the charge inside the brain, the neural pathway. And so what this does is then give them the opportunity to build in better pictures of the life that they want instead. And when they do that, the kind of results they get are really, once they wipe out an irrational fear or a bad memory, suddenly they have space to see what they want their future to be like. And they become better parents, have a better temper with their kids, become a more intimate spouse, even have a better time communicating at work so that they can be more motivated, more successful, and make more money in, the, in overall so this level of changing the structure of your thought has so many different effects in all aspects of life, truly, so that parents can start vacationing with their kids where for years they couldn't leave their house, uh, that they could actually do some public speaking at work so that they wouldn't have to change their jobs every time they were given the challenge to do public speaking in a meeting, or even just be a better person who's more fun to be around, happier, you know, so that people want to be around them. And so really, my work is mostly based on connecting people with themselves so mm -hmm. they can connect better with the world around them, including their family, friends, and work. See, I think that's an interesting perspective because so many of the people we've talked to, uh, just for your own information, Calliope, with dealing with trauma. And trauma is obviously, from what you've said, a very useful application for neurolinguistic programming and, and that tool because trauma can then, of course, make you phobic. You know, there was a car accident on that corner. You were in the car accident. It'd be anxiety-provoking to go to that corner again. We all know about PTSD and stress disorders following trauma. But I think you were just saying something that was really quite interesting, and that is a somewhat more utilitarian, a person doesn't have to really say, I've been traumatized, to come in and envision what the blockage is. So the blockages could be there, even if you've had a relatively untroubled life. No one has an ordinary life. Everybody's life is really special. But in, in a relatively uncomplicated life, if somebody's in some way developmentally arrested, then what you're saying is there's an application, even with that person, to reconfirm, reconfigure in some way who they are and find out what the blockage is and then re-envision the whole, the whole process. That's right. My grandmother used to say a person is born the way they are. 
Well, I have to disagree with her because the truth is, is that you can change who you are by how you think and what you do at any given moment. Just because something happened years ago, which oftentimes a trauma could have happened 5, 10, 20, 30, sometimes even 50 years ago for people, and yet they waste so much time throughout a lifetime thinking about that one thing that only happened once. And so when you change the structure of the thought, instead of it being an overwhelming picture or many pictures and shrink it down to the size of a cell phone screen, it truly changes what they can do and who they become. So give us an example of how you do that in the clinical experience. What the person comes in, give us an example of someone with a chief complaint and then what the process actually is for resolving, addressing that chief complaint. So, for instance, I had a mom come in and her fear was of clowns. She had seen a movie and just had been terrified for 20 years of any clowns. And she saw a clown one day in Times Square and ran away, leaving her infant in the stroller unattended. And so her wish was to not get to that point where you can imagine that must be terrifying for mother to even get to that point. And so her wish was to, one, have a great time with her kids during Halloween, dressing up like clowns going to the circus and enjoying clowns being around, clowning around as they do, and just not being ever in a position where she would leave her child again unattended. So that was her wish, to be with her children at all times for them to feel protected. And so I had her laugh about the whole situation, which needs to happen, because they have to start laughing about how bad some makeup is on a clown. And, oh, my goodness, if you saw yourself doing this, what would you think? And so once you get them seeing from a perspective outside themselves and start laughing about it and actually start fearing the fact that if they continue this way, they're going to waste thousands of minutes throughout their lifetime where they could have been having a better time with their kids instead. So taking that great big picture of the clown, shrinking it down to the size of a quarter and blinking it black and white very quickly so that before she even gets to the memory, the most dramatic memory she ever had of the clown, you stop it in its place and put in a different thought pattern. And then even imagine herself laughing the next time that she sees a clown at a party who's meant to be there entertaining. So that while she's laughing inside of her mind at the thought of being there, it starts preparing her for an actual real situation. So that when she's at a party with her kids, seeing clowns. She can see herself laughing. And once she can see herself laughing, it's already happening inside the mind. Because I'm sure you know this, Chuck, that there are mirrored neurons inside of our brain. And the brain does not know the difference between what it sees, what it's imagined, or what it does. It's all the same to the brain. So when you start imagining things through sights and sounds and feelings, it's just as real to the brain as if you're doing it. And once you start rehearsing people and getting them into that pattern, they can really do anything. See, I think let's take a quick moment. I love the fact that you brought that up. And uh, I really uh, got interested in that a long time ago by the fellow whose uh, name is not coming to my mind right now out in California. He has an Indian name, Krishnamurti or something like that. But the mirror neuron concept is extremely important because... A lot of things are packed in there, even with kids who are developmentally delayed, individuals who've had trauma, and they're still in their childhood. They've packed it in. Let's talk just a little more about that, if we could, 
because it's so relevant in everyday life where these things are packed in and and where they reside. That's right. So let's put it this way. If I can get a child or an adult who has some developmental stuff going on to start imagining themselves smarter, it's a beginning because it jumpstarts the process that, okay, I do have a chance to start learning even quicker than what I did. Now, granted, each person is different, as different as their fingerprint. And whatever it is that one person does inside their mind will always vary to the next. So if someone has a developmental issue, by thinking of themselves doing better, well, it's a lot better than not doing it. Let's put it that way. So by aiming their brain towards the place that they'd rather be, so that they have better voices inside their head, that they are smart. And you know what? If it's one thing I always tell people, the moment you start comparing yourself to others, then you don't really know what you are truly capable of. But when you compare yourself to your abilities yesterday and what you're doing today so that you are better today, well, then tomorrow you'll even be better than what you are today. So that really it's, it becomes about your own progression and what you can do more for yourself to progress so that really you add more value to not only your own life, but others' lives as well. Well, you know, I can see the application so often. I mean, you're in, uh, you're in corporate land there up in Manhattan, and, and I'm sure you see individuals who uh, have gone in and just become paralyzed going into a room with uh, a board meeting or whatever. And I, I can imagine them evolving slowly but surely into a, this is not a big thing. This is something we're just going to do and get it done. I think that would be very interesting because the whole high power situation that's there on an everyday basis in a city like New York would give you ample opportunity to really, you know, you're playing basketball with some serious people up there. That's right. And when I get them to start thinking that people in the audience are intrigued by what they're saying, Instead of thinking, because let's put it this way, most people who have a fear of public speaking have inside their mind thoughts that people are bored with them or that they don't find them intriguing or even worse yet, that they're being judged. And they see people with sad faces in the audience. But once they start seeing people being intrigued by what they're saying, interested, and just with a curiosity that they're just dripping for wanting more information from you. Well, then things really turn around because suddenly they become someone who has something of value to share with them that's important for them to hear instead of someone who's being looked at and being judged. So that I take them from a place of being judged to a place where they have great value being in that room and everyone in that room is going to gain something from them. That is really deep inner work, even though it sounds like it's almost commonplace is so commonsensical. But you know, the work that it takes a person to, to shed the cocoon is, is really important. It's great to have a coach like yourself to actually break down the pieces because it doesn't happen overnight. And just the reframes that you've made right here in terms of being able to laugh at the past, you can imagine how useful that would be when you think about anybody could apply that immediately just upon hearing it. It's refreshing and uh, engaging. Then the question is, how do you make it stick? What are the nuances of the next experience and how, to, how does that evolve? So all of that's uh, more interesting. So you have, tell us just briefly, we're, we're winding down here. Tell us a little more about your book so we can drive to that particular reason that you wrote it and what are you trying to accomplish with that 
particular book, Phobia Relief from Fear to Freedom? Well, it offers hope for people who have been suffering in fear. Because the skill set that I write is basically a seven-step process that guides people, and really anyone could read it. I have people writing me letters saying that they haven't been able to find uh, read an entire book in their lives. But I wrote it in such a way that it's really simple. And those people who couldn't finish a book have finished it within a week. Because I wanted the material, the skills to be accessible to everyone, regardless of education, regardless of the amount of money they have in their lives so that they could have it in the palm of their hands at any time. And so basically, back to what you were saying before about this is something that may take years. Well, the truth is, is that I create a neurological change, a physiological change, not a psychological one, because I change the structure of the thought, which changes stuff that's going inside the brain. So when people have these skills in their hands by just reading a book or even coming to see me as a private client, where I actually do trainings where I license people in neurolinguistic programming. I was just awarded master trainer by the society. Well, congratulations. And, uh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, that's something that can't be bought. It's, no, it's absolutely earned. Yeah. So I, I'm very proud of that. And it's a great honor. And basically, I'm just, my life's work is getting these skills out there. And I'm looking forward to the next book coming out with Richard, who's co-writing it. We're co-writing it together based on overcoming bad memories and hope to get these skills out there. That is, you know, with Dr. Richard Bandler, of all people. I mean, it's amazing. You know, it's it's really different life for you. That's for sure. That's right. Absolutely. You put it together. Before we go, let's drop the uh, word on where your website is. We're going to have the book available on the show notes, folks. If you lost it. It's going to be sitting right there. We'll have a link to Amazon. We'll have a global Amazon link there. And just in closing, please, if you will, Calliope Barless, please tell us the website, where your website is. Sure. Uh, One of them is phobiarelief.org. And the other is my personal website, calliope.nyc. And that's K-A-L-L-I-O-P-E.nyc, not .com. Look forward to hearing from you all. And I truly appreciate the opportunity to share these skills with your listeners, Chuck. Thank you so much for coming on board, Calliope. Really interesting. And, you know, I apologize to you for all the stuff at the beginning. Hey, we'll do it again sometime. It'll be a little easier next time. Uh, We'll love to and look forward to it. Me too. Thank you very much. You have a good one. You as well. Thanks for listening to Core Brain Journal. We're working every day behind the scenes to bring you reports that connect research benches with those street trenches. Here we share the complexity of mind science because as you know, details really do matter. One of the most pervasive misunderstood challenges is how commonplace medications like those written for ADHD are used so regularly without clear guidelines. If you think you'd like more specifics, take a minute to download my two-page PDF packed with video links and references on the absolute essentials of how to start ADHD medications. They're easily available at corebrainjournal.com forward slash start. Thanks for listening. Do connect and stay tuned. Together we can make a difference.